Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the new Mainstream Podcast, where we explore the impact of multicultural consumers on marketing and media. I'm your host, Mario Carrasco, and co-founder of ThinkNow. Today, our guest is Donnell Branch, Talent Manager at Digital Brand Architects. Welcome, Donnell. Hi, Mario. It's so great to join you today. Thanks for yeah. having me. Thank you for joining. I know we were just talking a little bit about um, Coachella and your time there. One of the few people that went to Coachella but didn't see any artists because you were hard at work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, didn't get to see anyone um, perform, but it was still an incredible weekend back-to-back events. I had a creator who secured over six figures in partnerships for the weekend, working with over seven brands and, you know, various spaces and niches. So it was, you know, a really fun and incredible time. That's, that's awesome. And I know like, I I read a couple articles about just um, how important influencers are to Coachella, but I I do, I want to dive into there, but tell us a little bit like, before we dive into what you do, like, how did you get to where you are? How do you become a talent manager for for influencers? Yeah, so I think my journey has been pretty crazy, and uh, but also super unique and and fun as well. So I actually really knew I wanted to work, you know, in entertainment and with creators, um, and just kind of be in this side of like the marketing industry. Um, as young as eighth grade, I went to a week long conference um, where I got to learn about sports and entertainment and kind of what the field entailed and hear from industry leaders at the time. Um, you know, of course this was, you know, what, about like 15 years ago or so. So it's definitely been some time, but I was just enthralled by everything I was learning and seeing. And from there forward, I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And just kind of made out like a little roadmap and a plan throughout high school and college. And my junior year of high school, I had the opportunity to go to NYU pre-college. I took, um, an intro to sports class. Um, and so my background really actually started off, you know, in the sports industry, thinking I was going to be a sports marketing agent. That was the the original goal. And I had the opportunity to um, shadow a woman named Jennifer Kane, who works for Octagon, worked there then, still works there now. She's incredible, um, you know, known for some really big, incredible talent like Emmett Smith, uh, to name to name one. Wow. Um, and so I had the opportunity to shadow her and that was just absolutely life-changing and really see like how partnerships are put together, you know, between brands and talent and how, you know, they take advantage of that. And so after getting, you know, all of that, you know, juice and experience and motivation, I went to college and majored in sports management, um, minored in communication studies and just started to take any opportunity that I could, paid or unpaid, I was flying all over the place. I, you know, went to school at Texas Tech University over in Lubbock, Texas, grew up in Dallas, um, but flew to New York to work, you know, and get some foundational experience at Rock Nation and stayed there for about, you know, six months or so. Flew to LA and took an internship with Octagon um, at their previous division, uh, which used to be called First Call. Um, It's now been acquired by ITB Worldwide, uh, but at the time, first call, their job was, 
you know, kind of sitting in the middle between brands and agencies and talent in their managers to basically broker these deals, these huge partnerships that we see. For instance, you know, maybe Taco Bell is launching a new sauce. They would call first call and say, hey, we've got this launch. This is our budget. And these are the type of hero names that we're looking for in creators. And I would go and scour the internet and see like who would be dope for this campaign and that we can pair together figure out what their budget range was and really kind of like present that to the team. And um, after just kind of bouncing around a little bit, getting, you know, a variety of experience, I landed, you know, mostly on the sports side, um, working with professional athletes, had the opportunity to join um, a company a few years ago that was recently founded called 26 Entertainment um, and was helping oversee, you know, a lot of their athletes and the partnerships that were taking place, but I had always been super passionate about creators and influencers and just how they impact everything that we do in entertainment. When I was younger, you know, in eighth grade, I was huge into Tumblr. Tumblr isn't as big anymore, but it was huge back then. And like, that was like the OG of the creators that we see now, Tumblr and YouTubers. And so I just brought that passion and knowledge into today's game and market and was just always talking with the team about needing to you know shift and expand from just athletes and also go into the creator economy and you know really take advantage of you know the opportunities there and they allowed me you know the space and empowered me to you know build out that division um and so i launched and scaled that to about eight creators before transitioning over to dba and it's been <laughs> i guess history from there we're still running and and yeah it's been incredible that's that's amazing i think it's i think it's pretty unique someone in your position that like knows from early on what you want to do and i feel like that focus has clearly helped you a lot which is awesome so kudos to you thank you thank you yeah it's i don't know what i was thinking about like majors and colleges <laughs> and things like that as eighth grade but it yeah. definitely helped make things easier and like navigating, you know, the pathway of, of where I wanted to go and how I wanted to impact the industry. And I think you also like, I mean, I think early on, um, you saw where it was all headed, right? Mm -hmm. Like the importance of that. So you're like uniquely positioned to help, which is pretty amazing. Um, and you mentioned a little bit about, I mean, you, some amazing figures you shared, right? Some of your clients having six-figure deals. Mm -hmm. I think for me, someone who doesn't know much about the influencer economy, when we think about brands working with influencers, like the first thing that comes to mind is like sponsored posts, yeah. right? And I feel like it's so much more than that. Can you give us like for people that don't know how brands work with influencers, like kind of an overview of the different ways that brands work with influencers and vice versa? Absolutely. So there's a few different ways that, you know, brands like to work with influencers. Of course, the most popular um, that everyone sees and refers to is like the IG models or, you know, are the brand yeah. partnerships, right? Like, you know, the brands coming to influencers or even, you know, managers or influencers approaching brands and saying, hey, you know, I see you have this upcoming product launch going on, or maybe there's this initiative that you really want to push out um, and gain more brand awareness or brand alignment around, or maybe they're looking for, you know, sales and conversion. So they'll pay an influencer, you know, a set a certain amount for a set of deliverables of content, 
um, to be posted throughout their various social channels. But in addition to, I mean, I think we see a lot of interesting ways like Coachella, for instance, you have appearances and events where brands are, you know, for instance, we work with H&M who did an incredible job of renting out this hotel and really promoting not only their clothes, um, which of course they're known for, but also their home space. Um, and wow. really just had this immersive activation um, that was four days long, having influencers come in, create content, you know, and, you know, get tickets to the festival, um, attend different events for the brands, but also, you know, posting content on social and really kind of giving people at home, audiences, the opportunity to see how their favorite creators are aligning with the brands that they love, you know, both organically and paid. Um, and then in addition to, I think we also see a lot of brands sometimes just paying creators for marketing materials and to create content, maybe not to post on their channels, but maybe that brands can utilize for their own content and for their own channels and platforms. So that way they can really, you know, utilize the best social strategies that of course, you know, influencers have a key hand on, you know, what's trending, you know what I mean? And so making sure that brands are in alignment with those trends by partnering with creators to, you know, create marketing materials and content for them that they can use. And then I think one of the ways that I think is most unique and fun that a lot of people don't hear about are equity partnerships and board members, you know, mm. brands partnering. We've seen it throughout history a thousand times, right? Like 50 Cent with um, vitamin water. Um, you know, and Kobe and body armor where, you know, brands are coming to different creators or athletes or personalities, entertainers, and giving them shares in the company, giving them equity in the company to really become a brand ambassador and the spokesperson for a significant amount of time. And we definitely see that a lot with more multi-hyphenated creators, um, you know, really big, uh, big names. What, what, mega what creators, that mega that for us? I've never yeah. heard of multi-hyphenated creators. What does that mean? Yeah. So multi-hyphenated creators are people who, you know, your brand is beyond social, right? I think, you know, a great person that we could pick, for example, would be Jackie Ina. You know, she doesn't work with DBA, but like she's definitely multi-hyphenated. She's got, you know, her candle company, Forever Mood, in addition to all the brand partnerships that she executes and, you know, she touches so many different spaces. In addition to, you can see it in the sports space with people like Magic Johnson mm -hmm. and Shaq, who go so much more beyond their sport, even in today's time, LeBron James, right? Where yeah. he's also got Spring Hill Entertainment and he's creating movies and creating content from that aspect, creating this platform where other athletes and even creators and uh, people who are impactful in their fields can come in and have a conversation, um, but also, you know, partner with brands, kill it in their, in their field um, and are doing so many different things outside of, you know, what is their bread and butter, you know, a true lifestyle brand that is composed of several different different aspects. Um, and so, you know, when we see these multi-hyphenated creators really shifting their impact far beyond, you know, just their direct audience and being able to, you know, generate revenue and really make an impact in today's culture and society, they're really, you know, leading that. We see a lot of those um, you know, creators and people and names become, you know, board members for these companies because they align with, genuinely align with the values of the company and they are given the opportunity to invest in these brands 
you know, sometimes at an early stage and even, you know, when they're doing some revamping or in the middle of, you know, such a successful time and, and collaborate to bring forth new ideas, new initiatives and, and new opportunities for the brand to execute. That's yeah, that's, that's, that's huge. I mean, I guess that's the pinnacle, right? Like where yeah. you, as, as a multi-hyphenated creator, if you are now getting equity in a company, I mean, that's, that's next level. Absolutely. I mean, even, you know, Kim Kardashian, right. is like, I guess like the biggest influence, one of the biggest, yeah. you know, the Kardashian family and seeing how they like every single space that they are in, they are absolutely crushing it from skims to, you know, Kylie baby, um, Kylie cosmetics, good American. I mean, Chris card, uh, Chris Jenner does her thing like for sure, you know, hitting all <laughs> the markets. Like they are definitely a great example of multi hyphenated creators who have shifted way beyond social and the impact that they have in, you know, today's culture and how people move and how brands align with their audiences and consumers. It, it's so interesting. You bring that up because I think of like the Kardashians and I, I, like in my mind, I think of them as a celebrity. Mm -hmm. um, is there a difference between influencers and celebrities nowadays? Or is that line like blurred? I think for some creators, it can be blurred, right? We have, okay. you know, our smaller creators who maybe don't have, you know, that public presence and notoriety, but they're still well known on socials or with brands, but maybe they don't have that touch necessarily in mm. the real life for lack of better words right but then we see you know mega creators who you know in the very beginning kim was at the beginning of you know instagram and, and twitter and that entire shift so you know really they're like the beginning of like the creator economy but in the same right. sense you know they're on the vogues the vogue covers and you know having to sit down conversations with you know some of the biggest reporters and media personalities being invited to all of the largest events, you know, leading in fashion, leading in entertainment, you know, leading in business in the products that they're developing and selling out, you know, in minutes from social alone, little to no, you know, having to spend any crazy marketing dollars. I mean, that's how Kylie Cosmetics got started, you know, right. simply from her just posting about it on social, you know, she didn't really have a full marketing plan and she sold out within minutes or seconds and you know her very first launch and so i think that's kind of where we see influencers start to hit that celebrity status where you know it's a little bit it's definitely next level <laughs> yeah and and then you know one thing too like you mentioned earlier about like values like brand value and influencer values like i guess that's 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 really part of your job right like how do you mm -hmm. how do you make those matches like do brands reach out to you, they have specific interest about a specific creator or, or do creators say, Hey, Donnell, I want to, I really like what this brand's doing. Like, how does that work? How do, how do, how do you make sure that it's a fit for both sides? Yeah. So I think this goes both ways for, you know, on the brands and, and then also, you know, on managers and representation as a whole, in addition to creators. So from the brand side of thing, it's really making sure, you know, brands approach us all the time whether it's for an individual creator or whether, you know, DBA, like I said, has been fortunate enough to be leading the industry for over 10 years. So the relationships that they have are very strong. And sometimes brands come directly to us with an entire campaign and a budget and want us to fully build that out for them mm. um, and help, 
you know, supply the roster of talent that are going to be moving forward for the campaign and for the initiative. And on that side of things, it's brands making sure that they're, you know, doing their research and making sure that they're looking into the previous partnerships that, you know, talent have executed, making sure that there's actual and organic alignment that's authentic to the creator's brand that pairs with whatever the initiative of the brand is. Um, and not only just a specific initiative and campaign, but also the brand's core values, because that matters so much. Oftentimes we've seen, you know, scandals take place where, you know, brands partner with talent that, you know, label, later have, you know, uh, a moral difference, um, whether that's something that's set online or a video that's popped up or a tweet that resurfaced and we're kind of seeing damage control. Um, and so making sure that brands are doing their research on the creators that they want to work with and making sure they're authentically aligning. You don't want to be a clean beauty brand hiring someone that worked eight months ago promoting a brand that is known for the toxins and mm. pollutants that are being put into the industry. But then also there's the the managers and the creators who have to say, okay, this brand might be coming to me with a six-figure deal, but they have a racist history or maybe they have a background um you know in doing very harmful things to you know our environment and not being the most sustainable and maybe that's something that's super important to you is sustainability and you know taking care of our earth are you going to look over your morals and take the six-figure check because the money is what's in front of you or are you going to make sure you're sticking to you know, the brands that really align with what you have set out for, you know, your overall platform and how you want to be represented because, you know, your brand is everything, you know, that's how you become a creator. That's what, you know, your entire impact is all about is your brand and how you're putting it out there. So making sure that you're going after partnerships and making sure your management or your representation are going after the partnerships that, really resonate with who you are and the values that are important to you and making sure that those pair well with the brands that you're aligning with. Yeah. And I, and I think, um, you know, one of the reasons I was so excited to talk to you, of course, learning about the creator economy, but I know you mentioned to me, like, it's important for you to work with creators that share your values mm -hmm. and diverse talent is important to you. Um, tell us, tell us more about that. Like, like, we had a really great conversation before we started recording last time, like, you know, the importance of that and how um, so much of social media, for example, the things that are trending are mm -hmm. driven by black creators. Like, mm -hmm. um, yeah, just tell us more, a little bit about, about more about like your personal mission and values and, and, and how you look to align that with the talent that you represent. Absolutely. So I think first and foremost, I'm a black woman, right? And so I know my journey and not even just a black woman, I'm a child of immigrants. I'm first generation African-American. My parents were born you know, in West Africa. And so within that, I know my own journey and how not just in the creator economy, but in life in general, in so many mm. different spaces, we are marginalized voices. You know, we're not always in the boardrooms. We're not always in the senior and executive level um, seats in different companies. Um, we are often underpaid and overworked. Um, you know, growing up, it was always having to have an understanding that you're going to have to work twice as hard to have the same opportunities that maybe my counterparts can just wake up in the morning and receive. 
You know what I mean? And so within that, it was making sure that I aligned myself with people who could not advocate for themselves behind the scenes. Um, an article came out on Forbes with the most, the highest paid creators on TikTok. I don't think there was a single person of color on that list, not even just black creators in general, just a single person of color. And those people are making millions of dollars. And a lot of them you see using, you know, content and trends and, um, not necessarily copycatting, but maybe making their own rendition or doing a dub of what a black creator created. You know what I mean? We saw that with the Savage Dance that went viral and how, you know, one of the D'Amelio sisters were invited onto Jimmy Kimmel and to, you know, do the dance and everything. But why is that same opportunity not afforded to the young black girl who actually choreographed the dance that went viral? Um, and so making sure that there are checks and balances in place so that way people are advocated for at all levels and diverse talent goes uh, diversity in general goes way beyond you know race and ethnicity hmm. it's also you know mental disabilities physical disabilities sexual orientation you know what i mean so i represent creators from all walks of life i have a trans creator who gave birth um and was born biologically as a woman is now transitioning to male um, is completing his transition now um, and has a documentary coming out soon, you know, about his journey. I work with another creator who is a young Gen Z Afghan American hijabi woman. Um, you know, it's important to represent Muslim creators as well and the impact that they have on our culture and society. So I, I represent, you know, creators from all walks of life. I have talent who are immigrants um, who moved here from other countries and some who are first generation like myself and who were born here and just making sure that marginalized voices across the board are being advocated for, for the same opportunities as, as their counterparts, making sure they're getting equal pay, if not more, because we see a lot of times that brands want to, you know, use diverse talent for their initiatives, but don't want to pay. Or, you know, I think something that was huge, I think would be great to talk about um, was all the movement that we saw from Black Lives Matter over the mm -hmm. pandemic. Um, and just making sure that Black people were being stood up for and advocated for and brands were aligning with that message. But this, this past Black History Month was quiet. And that, I mean, I have spoken with so many creators, DBA represented and not, who did not see a single brand partnership come in. But last year, all the brand partners were excited to scream Black Lives Matter and change their messaging and their branding to be more inclusive. Well, where's the money this year? Or we saw a lot of creators get upset about Bath & Body Works and the, the products that they put out this year. It's the same candles, same scents that you would get any other time. But the print on the candles is, you know, Kente or, you know, African print but you know you're not partnering or giving money into the hands of these black creators or support supporting smaller black businesses consistently they do it when it's hot and then okay that time has kind of passed it's been a little bit now let's move on to the next big thing we're not fads we're not trends you know we are communities of people that need to be represented and need to be treated as equal as other people not just in opportunity but also in pay across the board and I think that's just really where my passion comes from. <laughs> no, I, I agree 100% with that. And also, um, it's really disappointing to hear about the downturn in investment in Black History Month. Um, Absolutely. I mean, one, it shouldn't be a month. Like, 
it's got to be year round. Um, and two, like, well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I didn't know that um, because so many brands were so vocal in their support after George Floyd. Um, we've researched, we've researched this actually, like you see Gen Z and millennials um, really be supportive of brands that support things that they're passionate about, like racial equity is one, but to your point, um, gender equity, Mm -hmm. um, trans rights, disability rights. Um, Do you see, like, what's the response from creators when they see a downturn like that? Are they making content calling brands out? Like, I feel like they're in a unique position to do that. Like, are, are you are you seeing that like seeing some of the creators you represent like it comes in so many different forms i mean i've yeah. seen tons of creators call brands out they'll go in the comments and they'll tear them up you know mm. and yeah. really tell them how they feel and then sometimes those same brands will come back a few months later and want to work with that creator and then it's advocating for a talent saying hey we're gonna have to pass on this partnership because of the way you guys handled yourselves at X, Y, and Z moment. Mm. And, you know, this is something that is so important to my creator that, you know, we, we, we just can't have this happen. It's going to taint their brand. And, you know, it doesn't speak to what is authentic to them and the morals that they hold. And so for that reason, despite that this is, you know, a great partnership or great terms or a great deal, it's just something we're not going to be able to move forward with. So I think it comes in many forms and, you know, creators speaking out, creators declining partnerships, but then also creators working with brands and saying, hey, you guys really messed up, but you know, let's let's work together on this. Let's this is how I can help you guys, you know, change for the better moving forward. First thing first is who's behind the doors, who's behind the scenes? Okay, is that covered? Great. And I'm gonna work alongside them as well as allies to, you know, execute what needs to be taken care of so that way you guys don't end up in this position again. Um, one, because I want to see better for my community and two, because I care about your brand and I'm an organic fan. Um, and I want to see, you know, you guys do better as well. And so I think there's a lot of accountability, um, that's taking place across the board, you know, from creators to management to, you know, the people who are allies or people of color and marginalized voices, you know, diverse, um, diverse people who are, you know, working at these companies. I think it's a group effort. We still have, you know, quite a long way to go, but I think we've also, you know, done a great job of, of getting to where we are now. We just have to keep pushing. Yeah. And, and it seems like, um, what I'm hearing from you, it's like, I think when I first came into this conversation, I, I thought of it as very transactional in terms of brands working with influencers but it's not right. It sounds like it's evolving mm-hmm. beyond that. It's like 360. Like I'm an influencer. Um, a brand approaches me. I'm going to take a look to see what's going on in the boardroom. Is this actually a diverse brand? And um, and if not, maybe I'll suggest, hey, you need to fix X, Y, and Z before I work mm-hmm. with you. I mean, do you see it as much more collaborative now for, I mean, certain certain influencers? I mean, I'm sure when you're starting maybe you'll work with brands just to mm-hmm. get in. But as you, as, as you start to have more of a following, like, um, yeah, I guess, do you see that? Is that a trend like moving beyond just transactions and being much more collaborative with influencers? A hundred percent. I think I see it more and more every day as creators really start to hone in on their voice and their brand and understanding the impact that they have. 
um, on their community and their audience, they start to become more aware um, and insightful of, you know, the brands that they're partnering with and even, you know, vice versa. Um, and I think we're going to see the economy change in the sense that brands are only going to start looking for, you know, very organic, authentic partners that match with them morally. Mm. And, you know, the same thing, vice versa, because we don't only see creators choosing the brands that they want to work with, but brands pulling out as well. If, you know, a certain creator, you know, hasn't spoken up on the right things in the past. You know, I think I spoke a little bit on that, um, on that earlier. So I think it's, it's definitely becoming a lot more relational and becoming, you know, a back and forth versus just a transaction. I think that's also what representation really looks at as well. Um, good representation, at least, you know, not just looking at the dollar amount that's coming in or the type of deal that it is, but how does this really impact my creator's brand? How does this impact the brand itself? What is like the really the bigger picture bird's eye view of, you know, how this is going to really create a triple effect of whatever we're trying to do. So I think, you know, that collaboration is getting stronger and stronger, you know, every day within every partnership that we're seeing. Before we used to see brands just kind of work with any kind of creator. They were just, you know, as long as they had a following, um, that was good enough. Then it became following an engagement rate. Are they, do they, they might have a million followers, but how many of those followers are actually paying attention to what they're doing? You know, and then it became more than just engagement rate and likes and views. And now it's switching to conversion. You know, yeah, they have all of these followers and these people are engaged, but when they post a link, are people buying what they're talking, you know, whatever it is that they're talking about? Are they having an engaged conversation with their community outside of beauty and skincare and talking about mental health and bullying or, you know, speaking on, you know, the importance of social issues that are taking place. Really, what is that next level that is driving this partnership that is really going to push the collaboration and the alignment forward? You know, as you're talking, I feel like you have so much insight into what works for brands, what works for influencers. And, and I know we, we, we have a really mixed uh, viewer, like listenership, mm-hmm. you know, brands, um, just marketers with inside companies, founders, mm-hmm. for someone that, I don't know, trying to pr- build their personal brand. I mean, I feel like you have so much experience working with different influencers. Are there some tips you can share for people that want, that are trying to do better on social media? Like, um yeah, I would just love to hear that kind of side of it. Like what works? What what what's is there anything that all the successful influencers share that they do that that works? Uh, I would say a few common themes that we see are creating content that's authentic to you and your voice. I think we've spoken on that a lot today, but making sure, you know, that I am pounding that in to people's head. It's so important to make sure that you are using your own natural, authentic voice and speaking on whatever it is that you're passionate about. So that's why people are following you in the first place. They care about what you have to say and what you are doing, because there's something that you're doing that maybe someone else isn't doing the same way. Mm. And so that already is what's helping you build your brand. So making sure that you're honing in on that and really continuing to, to stick that path through all your partnerships. You know, Don't waver uh, as times get tough or things get more difficult. Hey, maybe I need to you know, work with any brand that I can because money is tight. Well, you have to be careful about that and how that's going to, you know, water out your brand long term. So, you know, definitely making sure that you're 
authentic to yourself and your voice, but within that own your niche. It's it's great to to know a lot and want to talk a lot about everything, but people really want to know what it is that, that one or two or three things about you that they can fall in love with. Is it beauty and lifestyle? Is it fashion? Um, is it tech and finance? Um, really find the different things that are important to you, mental health, and make sure you hone into that voice. Um, really tune into your niche and making sure you're creating super high level quality. And then lastly, stick with the trends. Stay, hmm. you know what I mean? The the, the industry is changing so much every day. It's been over 10 years, um, you know, since the in influencer economy has really, you know, started and it's become a thing with bloggers and YouTubers. Now we're going to see a multi-billion dollar industry by the end of the year, hundreds and billions of dollars. Wow. You have to make sure you find a way to make yourself stick out amongst the masses. I mean, it's becoming such a congested market. Hone into what makes you, you and follow that path. No one is perfect. No one has the perfect response for the algorithm to make their video go viral. Focus on true content and longevity and just hang in there. I love that. Um, and and last question, like you, you touched on this a little bit. I mean, the creator economy, I guess it's not young anymore, right? It's 10, 10 years is a good time. It's established. Uh, from your perspective, how do you see the creator economy changing in the next five years? Um, that's such a great question. I mean, I think the last 10 years has been insane. No one expected it to get to where it's become, <laughs> especially during the pandemic where brands had no other choice but to utilize creators in their homes to mm. get the content that they needed out there. So that completely changed the trajectory. And I think during the pandemic, one thing that we saw, um, two things that we saw actually, um, the congestion of the market. There are new creators every single day. I don't know whether it's people get a glamorized view of maybe what it's like to be an influencer and what that business could be like, or maybe they genuinely have a topic that they get excited about and they're excellent at creating content and want to you know, put their voice and their brand out there. Um, but we're seeing an insanely congested market where there's new creators every day and creators have to make sure influencers need to really make sure that, like I said, they're sticking with their niche and really honing in to what makes them unique so that way they can stand out amongst the masses um, and be able to leverage the brand partners that they want to align with and also build their own brands, right? It's not only about brand partnerships, but maybe you want to release your own product line. Maybe it's, you know, dropping a book and working with literary agents to tell your story or, you know, any other story that is passionate and impactful for you. Um, but in addition to, I think what I'm super excited about is Web3 and the metaverse and NFTs. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've seen how that's, gone crazy already you know athletes um you know launching their minting their own nfts um as well as you know brands trying to really tap into the space we see it with nba top shot you know and how the nba the league has has really you know honed, honed into web3 and nfts to launch their own products we see it in music where musicians and um, entertainers are releasing their music and their projects you know, in forms of NFTs and digitally in the metaverse. Um, we're seeing brands, fashion brands hold their fashion weeks online in the metaverse. I think it's going to be insane to see how the creator economy taps into that, how brands partner with creators to 
really tap into the metaverse and take things to the next level there uh, while still being able to maintain their um, their status in the real the real world. That's such a good point. I didn't even think about that. Like influencer creator economy and and Web three. That's that's going to evolve and change in ways we probably can't even anticipate. Absolutely. I mean, we're already getting creators to convince us to spend money in the real world. Imagine being able to make twice that money as a brand because <laughs> creators are helping you make that money in the metaverse and in the real world. I mean. That's going to be crazy. a lot of fat pockets. <laughs> <laughs> this has been uh, amazing. Um, thank you so much for sharing all your knowledge, Donnell. Um, if people want to connect with you, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Social, mm-hmm. LinkedIn. So my LinkedIn is Donnell Branch, D-O-N-N-E-L-L-E, branch like a tree with an E at the end. Um, but you can also find me on Instagram. I am like, always on Instagram all the time. DM me anytime you want at D-A-W-N-E-H-L. Thank you so much. Thanks again. Thank you everybody for listening. Thanks to everyone listening in. To get more multicultural insights, check us out at thinknow.com and follow us on social media. You can also subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform. Final thank you to our producer, Lucas Martinez, who created our intro music and makes our podcast sound great. To email him, reach out to martinez.lucas.a at gmail.com.